Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined as always this fine Tuesday by Mr. Lawrence Jackson and Kyle Dvorak. We're going to break down a weird Monday Night Football game. I feel like I've been saying that a lot this year. Yeah, really, the really primetime games have been weird pretty much nonstop. You can set a, a clock to it. Monday Night Football is taking on Thursday Night Football energy, only with better <laughs> teams a lot of the times. Then we're going to get into the players we're having trouble ranking for Week 11. A lot of names you're probably expecting. Isaiah Pacheco. Christian Watson, the Jets backfield. You know, I threw in Aaron Rodgers. A lot of really intriguing names to get to today. But we will begin with Monday Night Football, which Kyle is the first. I missed Monday Night Football. Um, it was it was for work, or no, it was for a kids thing actually. Uh, no, I was playing. I was playing FIFA with my friends. Um, is that FIFA? is that the weekly FIFA hangout you have? I have a weekly FIFA bro down in person. Me and three of my boys. Instead of like going bowling or instead of going to the bar, we get together and we play FIFA. And uh, yeah, you know, to the, the, now FIFA has the World Cup expansion pack finally, so you get to play your games in Cutter now with system. Um, PS Five, Lawrence. Oh, we gonna have to play then. And we do you see? So do you play? Yeah, I got FIFA. Oh hell yeah! I don't have Madden. I haven't had Madden for a few years. Um, all I, I do have Madden, but it's like not having it because it's the same <laughs> game every year. Whenever I get Madden, all I do is hack it too. I like find like the three plays that work no matter <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. and just run those over and over and over again. I'm not a very fun Madden player. Kyle, was this a very fun Monday Night Football game? Mm, no, I'm gonna give it a, a, a thumbs you down. So? No, thank you. I, it was so sloppy, man, especially like, if the, I don't mind the Eagles lost. Like, I'm not an Eagles fan. I like that they're good at football, but I'm not like actively rooting for them unless it's from a fantasy angle. I just don't like that they played a, just a miserable, sloppy game and allowed the commanders to to just run all over them, but not in a fun Derrick Henry chunking off 30-yard plays. When a good <laughs> running back gets going, it is sick football. This really wasn't that. It was just the the Eagles giving the ball away. I mean, they gave the ball away four times. Throughout the last one, like you're probably going to get the ball away when you're trying to make an 80 yard lateral play, whatever. But they gave the ball away three times before that on like pretty bad turnovers. One was a deep shot from Jalen Hurts, hits AJ Brown in the hands. He was well covered. It's a hard ball to track. It ends up good in a, play by the DB, too. Yeah, Great it was a really play. good play by the DB to like, he's playing receiver on that play essentially and tracks it out of AJ Brown's hands. So that was a good play by the DB, but you do kind of have to catch that if you're AJ Brown. The Quez Watkins fumble. Quez Watkins gets a 50, I believe, or 51 yard catch, tumbles to the ground, gets up and keeps running. Good awareness there. Doesn't secure the ball, stripped, loses it. 
And uh, and then the Dallas Goddard, the Dallas Goddard fumble. I I think that's the play he injured his shoulders on. He's banged up right yeah. now, and he gets face mask face mask to the ground egregiously, like just taken down by his face mask. Um, so the, and the Eagles had terrible they, penalties too. So they didn't throw a flag on that. No, no, no. He got he got taken no, down no. clearly by his face mask, like hand on the front of the of the mask, rips him down. And uh, no penalty called. And you can see it again and again because they have to review the fumble. And it, they were checking <laughs> if the defender was uh, down by contact. So as the refs are reviewing the down they by contact fumble, yeah, they're just watching an egregious mistake time and time again. And they're showing on the broadcast terrible penalties by the Eagles. So it was kind of a sloppy game that the commanders then did take advantage of. They I don't say they ran the ball well, but they had a few good runs. Brian Robinson probably had a terrible yards per carry, but he had some nice runs. His touchdown run and I believe a run right before that were like hard physical runs to get set up and then into the end zone. But overall, it was just the commanders kind of spending a lot of the game salting away bad Eagles play. So yeah, so I want to ask you guys about the commanders and the salting basically where Brian Robinson gets 26 carries, Antonio Gibson gets 14 you know, it's like the classic. The commanders have been building towards this phasing out Antonio Gibson all season. Then as soon as Brian Robinson comes back, it's like they remember that Antonio Gibson's good. Or maybe he's just performing better in like a lower touch role. But like, I, what is going on? Because like Gibson almost seemed like he was like dispatching Brian Robinson until last night. Where now Brian Robinson, you know, by far, a new career high for carries for the rookie. Was this just like kind of a game flow thing where they're trying to like mm-hmm. – you know, they got a lead on an undefeated team and they're just trying yeah. to basically get the clock to zero. Is that what you, you feel that, like? That, that's what it was. That's definitely what it was. And you could tell by the time of possession, the commanders had it for uh, over 40 minutes. They had it right at 40 minutes. So, and that's what you want to do when you're the inferior team. Now, Kyle mentioned it earlier. It wasn't great gashing runs, but the the commanders was always able to stay in third and short or third and manageable. So those little three yard runs were good. Whenever they get in third and one, third and two, uh, they will convert. And it and at some points the Eagles defense just got worn down by Brian Robinson. So that in the game flow, in the game script, the fact that they were in the game and were most of the time winning the game. Uh, you know, that that makes uh Brian Robinson more effective. So that that's kind of how that went. And then they just played the commanders just played good defense. Honestly, they got a good amount of three and outs. Uh they were good on third down. They and then you add in the Eagles mistakes and any any team could lose that way. Kyle, so kind of an inconclusive game script, game plan from the commanders where they're probably not going to be able to run 40 to 45 times a game. Wait till you see their schedule. I was going to say, though, they're playing (laughs) the Texans in week 11, the worst run defense in the NFL. Like, are we jamming both Brian Robinson and, like, Antonio Gibson to the top 24, maybe just the top 30? Like, who do you prioritize for week 11? Yeah, I think because the game script should look a lot like it looked like versus the Eagles against an even worse, a terrible run defense. I would expect them to do a very similar thing. And maybe that, especially for like Antonio Gibson's possible, he even gets more carries than he did last week, which was only, what is he got like 14 of 40, 
running back 14 carries last oh night. God. Yeah. yeah, 14 of 40 running back carries. 14 of 49. Oh, 49 total. Five yeah, of those. Yeah, 49 total. Curtis Samuel got in there. Yeah. Taylor Heineke contributes, contributes a few runs. So uh, I, I do think for next week specifically, I don't think this is a long-term successful game plan, but short-term when you're facing the Texans, it probably will work. I still think Brian Robinson probably will be the lead back in terms of raw carries. And frustratingly, they're actually giving him some routes too, and he's not doing anything with it. Like, I'm floored that he got ten I'm routes. Throw him off a little bit, <laughs> a little mix up. You know that that running back out there not catching passes. It's not the one you thought it was. It's in fact Brian Robinson, the banger between the tackles. So, I think that's the only thing that I'm sort of frustrated with for Antonio Gibson. It'll be a good week next week for both of the running backs, but if he's not going to get all of the backfield routes and targets. I think I'd just rather take Brian Robinson as like the 23, 24 running back and Gibson probably sits right on that 30 border. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Brian Robinson will be jammed into the top 24 and maybe Gibson actually even close to that RB two, three borderline where he's like top 26, top 28, but probably four or five spots behind Brian Robinson. I guess we have to say, we don't know JD McKissick's week 11 status as he deals with his that, neck that, injury. That's true. Cause he 100% would have been involved in this game if he was healthy. He hasn't resumed practicing yet. It's a short week. I mean, anything can happen. So he's not on IR, meaning that they do expect him to return either this week or next week. But we'll just have to see with J.D. McKissick. Do we have, do we have any concern about the Eagles passing attack? You guys are kind of referencing Jalen Hurts. He doesn't get to stack attempts. Well, I think this was actually before the show started. How Jalen Hurts doesn't get to stack attempts like a lot of the other elite quarterbacks do. and That might hurt his MVP odds, but – he hasn't really been concerned in concern is a strong word, mm-hmm. but like he's not getting to spike many weeks in fantasy and it's leading to, you know, problems for AJ Brown where AJ Brown has really only spiked two weeks all year. And he gets really bad defenses. The lions and the Steelers have been under 60 yards the past two weeks. He was only 67 yards four weeks ago, 32 yards. I mean, it, it, AJ Brown's still a safe wide receiver one though. Right? I mean, are, are these kind of like champagne problems that I'm concocting <laughs> here? Yeah, these are like golden handcuffs problems where like, oh, AJ Brown only has two 150 yard games this year. I can't I can't believe this guy. Like, yeah, he's probably not as productive as Justin Jefferson on a like consistent basis. But do I still think he's got like top five odds of being a 150 yard two touchdown receiver in any game, like in any given week? Yeah, he has still got a ceiling that can match basically anyone, even if sure the attempts for the the Eagles kind of limit his floor or give him a lower floor. He's dominating the targets in the air yards up until last week. So I, I'm not really concerned with him. Anything to add there, Lawrence? Or- yeah, yeah. Same thing there. Um, it's just, it, it is, it's one of hell. They lost the game. So, uh, into this team, um, you know, so it, it's just one, it just was not the Eagles day. Like, Jalen Hurts himself from a fantasy standpoint was still okay. He had the three touchdowns, but like you said, not a lot of passing attempts. But Devontae Smith was able to, I guess, kind of get back on track. He scored the touchdown, saw eight targets, only for 39 yards, though. Uh, Eagles just need to, you know, wipe that one under the rug and get on to the next game. We'll get on to the next segment of this show now. It's time to talk about running backs. We're having trouble ranking. Uh, we're having trouble ranking these commanders back backs. We already talked about that. Kyle, which running back are you having trouble ranking for week 11? Uh, Elijah Mitchell. And 
Uh, you may not have known this, but in fact, he looks like the lead back for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> it, like the fact that the 49ers go out and trade what I think Karain said a few weeks ago, based on most of the trade charts, whether it's like the basic Jimmy Johnson or like PFS more advanced ones, looks like about a first round pick to give up for him. Plus, assuming you know he's still on the team for the next year or two, a hefty amount of salary, and then go out and split the backfield. And after the game, Kyle Shanahan said he wants them to be even in carries kind of blows my mind i guess like from a standpoint of now you have christian mccaffrey actually get it he still saw six targets he still got i believe 14 carries or something like that that is a strong workload for an efficient player when you can also bring in elijah mitchell who is another efficient player and you're not losing a ton of production i'm just shocked that they spent as much as they did to have a backfield by committee but if eli mitchell is going to be a true like 15 carry a game kind of guy in this scheme that has been so efficient and can put up points and get him in the red zone, I mean, how close to a top 24 back is he? I still don't think he's there, but I think it's uncomfortably close. And this also probably drops the floor and maybe even ceiling for Christian McCaffrey from being, you know, the first time we saw him blow up for the San Francisco 49ers. I was like, oh, he's the RB1, no doubt going forward. I'm probably back to flipping like Eckler over him, probably back to flipping Barkley over him, maybe even Henry. So now he moves down to like that five, six, seven range. Yeah, I would say just McCaffrey's in the RE four to six range right now. And I just have a sneaking suspicion, despite Kyle Shanahan's, you know, history, despite his words, this is going to be like a high watermark for Elijah Mitchell. And this just might have been a game plan they did not deviate from where you know the Chargers cannot stop the run. They stopped the run a lot better than usual against the 49ers. They still had trouble with the run. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that if they just a total onslaught of carries and Elijah Mitchell had a productive night, but it just strikes me as lies, 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 lies. I mean, Debo got in there for four carries and 27 yards too. So he's still in there getting, you know, he's getting some of that too. But uh, like you say, Pat, uh, for this week, I'm going to see what happens, see what they do. I'm going to keep Christian McCaffrey in that range, you know, five to seven, somewhere in there. And if that happens again, if this <sighs> if this split, if this touch split happens again, there will be hell to pay, Kyle. It's gonna be hell to pay. There will be hell to pay. We got some talking to do. We gotta do some. Christian McCaffrey did play 64% of the snaps as opposed to Elijah Mitchell's 36%. So I mean, that's like that part I'm not too shocked about. Like, I would have thought it would have been more like 70-30. But that's because Elijah Mitchell could play. He's good. If he doesn't get hurt week one and he goes on to play, I don't even know if they ever trade for Christian McCaffrey. They might just they might just be still rolling with Eli Mitchell and then Jeff Wilson. You know, they might be rolling that way. But this is a good little thing they go, got going for them football-wise. Fantasy-wise, like I say, we got to check it out again this week. And if it's similar to this, then somebody got some splaining to do. <laughs> I, will, I will stop watching the NFL if I <laughs> out carries Christian McCaffrey again. Even though, like you said, he is a good player. So it's time to play favorite game. Elijah Mitchell at the Arizona Cardinals this weekend or Damian Harris at home against the New York Jets? Uh, Definitely Eli. Mitchell for me. Yeah, yeah, Eli. Not that close. Wow, really? I have Damian one spot ahead of mm, Elijah Mitchell. I think right we now. have more of a Ramondre takeover than we have uh, – CMC takeover, which is a crazy thing to say. I can't believe you just said that out loud. Um, Elijah Mitchell 
At the Cardinals, AJ Dillon versus the Titans. This one's easy. easy Eli, easy. Yeah, this one's Eli. Yeah, for sure. Eli. Uh, I mean, I don't know. These are actually that hard. It sounds <laughs> like you got to work work farther up the list. I know. I have to move Eli. Which is you're like these are all Eli, right? You like? Yeah. yeah. I have Eli ahead of Dylan. I'll say that Elijah Mitchell at the Cardinals or Cordero Patterson at home against the Chicago Bears. Patterson. Okay, and then we're we're gonna segue into the next one. We're gonna talk about a player Lawrence wants to talk about: Elijah Mitchell at the Cardinals or is Isaiah Pacheco at the Chargers? Yeah. Um, ooh. I, and this is why. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't because I. This is why I picked him as my guy. I yeah, don't just know lay, 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 lay the Pacheco spiel on us. I mean, why are we so, having trouble? Because I don't know. Like, is this is this a thing now? Is this a thing where we just gives Clyde Edwards Hilaire nothing, nothing to fight for, no carries to live by? He got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what would make it easy if we knew? That this was going to happen in a consecutive week, then it be then I just put them somewhere inside the top twenty there. But I'm like I don't put it past these people, Andy Reid and um, the other guy, the enemy. I don't put it past any of these guys to just completely flip that script and make that Clyde Edwards hilarious. It wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them. But it looks to me that since this is the first time it happened where he was where Pacheco was clearly the team's lead back with Jared McKinnon played in the pass catching role. He got, he got a lot of targets and catches. It looks clear to me this time that they really want to do this. They kind of play with it. The, the, the first half of the season. And now it seems like they're all in with helped it even more as he was actually efficient and effective running. It, I, it looked like they wanted to get him into a rhythm. But I just can't go on ranking him with a, with with my right mind if I don't know if that's what he's gonna get again. Yeah, it's just I I'm gonna rank it as if it was real. With yeah, with, I'm kind of doing the same thing. Kind of got to right. The way Clyde Hilaire has played, like there's no reason for this Pacheco thing to not be real. And I think if it wasn't real, Pacheco had a red zone fumble. I believe it was first drive, but if not, it was early yes. in the game. They would have benched him after that. But he has he played really well for the remainder of the game and was playing well in that drive too, breaking off pretty solid chunk runs. Looked like a patient runner, like it was actually hitting holes, which like the film scouts and I've seen clips on Twitter have showed that like he well, at least up until this game, didn't look like he had the greatest feel as a running back, was more of a can hit home runs, but also really gets bottled up when trying to be yeah, an efficient he's still runner. Working on that. But he looked like he'd worked some stuff out in this game. So and, you know, as as you said, Clyde Slayer, two targets, no catches on those, no carries. They seem to have committed to it. And on the first drive, when he comes out and breaks off a 30-yard run versus this Chargers defense down like nine defensive tackles, it, you're not going to put the genie back in the bottle then. And, like, I think more telling than almost anything, the Pacheco's production itself, you guys just kind of alluded to, I mean, CEH played four snaps. So as much <laughs> as, like, it was Pacheco taking over, it was just like a total decommitment from Clyde Edwards, he And, you know, just for obvious reasons, one they had been building toward for a while. You know, it's a game too, where they could have easily involved all three backs. They're in control of the game against the Jaguars. Yeah, that is very true. Jarek McKinnon got one carry. Yeah, yeah, Kadarius Tony got two. The tight end Burton tight end fullback got a carry. Clyde Edwards, the did not get a carry. 
Yes. And just like, this is also the time of year where you start making your move for the stretch run. You start like setting up how you want your offense to actually look for like the playoffs and the most important regular season games of the year. And it's just a very telling time of year to make, to make a move that they have been building toward. So yeah, I'm going to put Pacheco in the top 24 and I'm sure he'll just ruin it and make me cry. And actually uh, very initial ranks Adam is the RB 26, but I think I got to get him hey, up. Man, going against the Chargers run defense, go and put him inside yeah, the top definitely 10. Definitely against the Chargers. So are, are we taking Pacheco over Devin Singletary versus the Browns? Ooh, think so. That's a good That's a good comp, though. They're both like similar spots, getting all the carries on an offense that throws the football a ton, but it allows them to run efficiently. I think I would take Pacheco based on the matchup. That, that, those two touchdowns that Singletary got, got me tilting. <laughs> uh, I don't don't even talk to me about tilting. <laughs> I was so mad about that. I still am, clearly. Yeah, no, don't put it in the paper that Kyle got mad. Pacheco against the Chargers or Najee Harris against the Bengals. Is this one easy? Easy. It's so easy. It's Pacheco. It's Pacheco. Think, it's is Pacheco, that easy? Yeah, I, I got Najee it. Harris a couple ranks ahead of him right now. Man, Najee even split. He ran just as many routes as Jalen Warren last week. And like, if Najee is not going to get every backfield target and he's also (laughs) going to be a 2.2 yards per carry runner, I'm not doing it with him. I'm not. Yeah. And we'll now we'll segue once again because Pacheco or Michael Carter against the New England Patriots, guys. And I don't know where to rank Michael Carter, I don't know where to rank James Robinson. It's going to be like a moving week for the Jets. Where they've been trying to sort out their backfield. They had their entire bye week to plan it. Now they're playing a Patriots team that they've already faced with this backfield. Didn't have a great day against this defense, even though the Patriots you know, are a soft run defense. And Michael Carter really, really outproduced James Robinson in week nine heading into the Jets bye. The snaps were basically even, though. The Robinson actually outtouched Michael Carter barely. It was like 14 to 13. Do you guys have a lean on this, or uh, is it Michael Carter? Still, I have Michael Carter ranked higher right now. Still, just kind I of would, based on. Like- I would rank Michael Carter higher, but uh, it's definitely a split there. That first game, the the last game they played versus the Patriots, I, that was James Robinson's first game with the Jets, so he didn't do much then. They got him a little more involved uh, in the next game. He actually scored a touchdown this week. I could. Since they in a 50-50 split, it uh it looked like a hot hand situation. That's what it looked like. And um I would put my money on Michael Carter to be uh the hotter hand more often than not. Yeah, I agree with that. Michael Carter is just a more explosive uh runner between the tackles and is probably a better pass catcher through the air. I think James Robinson is decent at both, but I don't know. Maybe I just have like a strong talent evaluation on Michael Carter. I just do think he's a good running back though. And the fact that James Robinson has been here for a few weeks and hasn't fully taken over tells me they're committed to a committee. And I just want the better player in the committee, I guess. Yeah. yeah that really is just what it boils down to. I just think too, that Michael Carter, he just has great. I mean, I, I think it could be a hot hand thing where like if James Robinson is running hot, they'll let him take over the backfield. But I just like Michael Carter's hot hand odds better. Um, and just kind of like him better on all three downs right now. It is James Robinson can't kind of push him on all three downs, but we have to assume Michael Carter has a pretty heavy advantage still on third down. And James Robinson, yeah, hasn't put the move on yet on early downs. And yeah, neither one of them, yeah, got home against the Patriots in week eight. That was James Robinson's um, Jets debut. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Michael Carter. But this. 
bringing it up though, just because yeah, it doesn't feel like settled to me. I do have Michael Carter ranked in the top twenty-four. Do you think that's fair? Is that too high? That's probably fair. Play the game. Who else do you have around him? Um, Jamal Williams, Najee Harris, Devin Singletary, our boy Brian Robinson. Um, those are all fair, fair comparisons. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't qualm with anyone over any one of those those backs. Maybe I'd rank Najee a little lower, but Michael Carter, Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams playing the New York Giants. Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal. Are we doing Brian Robinson for sure over Michael Carter? I'd rather have Michael Carter. He catches the ball. Oh boy, I'm getting kind of yeah. scared. I think I take Michael Carter. That's close though. It's such a good matchup for for Robinson. Oh, Texans are so bad. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Brian Robinson probably gonna score a touchdown that game. They get they get in close. He's scoring a touchdown. Believe that. Yeah, I think I do like. I really, really like Brian. I have Ryan Robinson in the top twenty right now, which I, I frankly don't love. It feels kind of point chasey, but if you're not going to point chase running backs against the Texans, <laughs> you know, who will you who will you point chase against? So we'll just see. We'll be right back after this. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chiefs and Chargers in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Moving on to wide receiver, where I'm having trouble just kind of ranking everyone since that time of year. Receiver took a long time for me to get through on my my initial run through on Tuesday morning. But Lawrence, who are we having trouble ranking at the position of wide receiver? Uh, it's going to be Kadarius Tony for me. Uh, again, a lot of playmakers in this Chiefs offense. Uh, the problem is we don't know the health of the other some of the other playmakers going into Week Eleven. You got uh, McCole Hardman who missed the last game. You got Juju in the concussion protocol. And this is going to affect I, where all of these guys get ranked, but especially Kadarius Tony. And when he was, uh, he had a productive game uh, in week 10, six touches, 90 yards, and the tiptoe touchdown in there to the end zone. So 
if he's, you know, if we get some type of confirmation come Friday, if McCole Hardman and Juju are both out, clearly Kadarius Tony's going to be a lot higher than what he would be now. But if Juju plays, um, that's going, that's obviously going to affect my ranking of Tony because Juju outside of this past game, he'd been kind of, he'd been on a hot streak lately. So, um, those targets are distributed evenly, as Patrick Mahomes told us they were going to be at the beginning of the season. But if there's no receivers, then I want to rank Kadarius Tony a little bit higher than I actually would uh, think to do so. Kyle, yeah, yeah hit, hit us with it. I, I want some Tony love. No, I want to love Tony. And on, I watched man. I watched this game, and it was great. Like, he played <laughs> such good football. He's such a sick player to watch. Uh <laughs> Justin Watson ran more routes than him. MVS ran more routes than him. Cannon ran more routes than him. Hey, Travis Kelsey obviously ran more routes than him. Uh, after Juju played like less than a half and ran one fewer route than Kadarius Tony, and I think this is deranged behavior from Andy Reid. But Tony, uh, you know, has had problems with teams in the past, both dating back to his college days and with the Giants. Maybe he's learning the playbook slowly, or maybe they're just using him intentionally sparingly because he is almost incapable of staying healthy. But the fact, I mean, like that's just been a fact of his career so far. The fact that they were using Justin Watson over him. I saw Justin Watson early in the game. I think it was early in the game, get a catch or maybe just get a route. And I was like, ah, I'm sure we won't see any of that anymore. And because of my Kadarius Tony blinders, I didn't see any of it anymore. But apparently he was still out there running routes. So I wanted to just jam Tony into like top 15 status. And I still think he's probably, if we don't have one or we might need to have both of me, Cole and Juju out. If we don't have them. He's still at least a wide receiver too. But sort of the, the route usage for me is like concerning that if he isn't going out and getting scheme touches on every route, it's going to be uh difficult for me to rank a guy who's playing a wide receiver three role, even if it's obviously on a great offense. But the answer to that would be you basically just rank him where you ranked Nicole Hardman, which is, I don't like, I don't, doesn't feel good, but it's, it's hard for him to get home when he's not going to play a full-time or even close to a full-time role. I'm feeling a little more bullish. Cause I just think it's like kind of like the gradual unveiling and, or he, and he barely played two weeks ago. He played more this week, 28 snaps it was 17 routes. I believe Kyle, does that sound Correct, right yeah. to you? 17 routes, and we, we just saw the the full package of like what he can do. Or he levitated He's for a pass. Uh, he had like a stop start ability on full display. You know, he had the touchdown where he was basically like walking on air. You know, like where, <laughs> where he was kind of mocking everyone, like you know, basically acting like he was pulling his hamstring in real time while still staying in bounds. Like he just has a level of uh, even in a league full of athletic three athletic freaks. He has a level of athleticism that just almost no one else in the league has. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and don't forget, too, on that pass where he jumped up to get the ball over those two defenders, he fixed yes. his glove before he did it. <laughs> he was like, hold on, let me fix my glove real quick, then go up here and moss you <laughs> at five foot ten because you just think I just juke people all the time. But let me fix my gloves real quick. Let me unstrap them just to make it look real good and go moss you like that. <laughs> it was unreal. It was such a fun game to watch from Tony. Uh, I think I saw Next Gen Stats said on the touchdown, it was the most yards of separation to the nearest defender that they have logged on a touchdown. Not this season, but like ever in their data. It was kind of a fluke. 
because uh, you know, like they kind of just forgot about him. Yeah, no, no. There. He was. I guess the point I was making is that he was used like sort of in the Michael Hardman way, where you don't get him a lot of touches and you don't give him a lot of snaps, frankly. But when he's out there, they're high, high impact. He came across, uh, like I think it was on a motion, or maybe he just came across the field as the play was going. But he came across, and no defender tracked with him. He was just wide, wide open, uh, kind of away from where the action, the play was. He was used very effectively in that Miko role. And I would be concerned that if Miko is back this week, that they split that role, which is already a very boom bust with many busts type of role. So I'm concerned with the receivers potentially coming back more. So Miko, I'm not sure Juju plays. He got rocked, man. Well, well, let's just say Juju does play and Miko doesn't though. Where would you rank? Where would you rank Kadarius Tony? Definitely be at least a wide receiver three, maybe towards the top end of that wide, like 26, 28. Right now, I have I have Juju ranked. I don't have Miko ranked, and I have Kadarius ranked as the wide receiver thirty. Yeah, um, I have him between Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore. Oh, man, that's Feels a tough fair. You you guys you, you guys should listen to receiver real quick this week, man. Like <laughs> it's nuts. Um, I'm still starting a wide receiver twenty. Mari Cooper, Garrett Wilson, Rondale Moore, Jacoby Myers, Keenan Allen, maybe Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. No idea what to do there. Christian Watson, who we're going to talk about in a second, Devontae Smith, Darnell Mooney. Like, how do you rank any of these guys, man? Like, how, how do you do it? You just you rank your top 12 and then just let it rip the rest of it. Do you have, like, a large supply of malt liquor at home? Because that's, like, <laughs> one of the starting points I would go with. Maybe not the first, but it's got to be early on the checklist. Hey, you know what? I just read a book on Prohibition, and it's really easy to make alcohol at home, and it was kind of – it seems like it would be kind of fun. Seems like I've done it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, Allegedly. Can, not just, not, Allegedly, yeah, not just beer. You can make moonshine. Uh, yeah, you can make all kinds of stuff. Um, we should look into it. Maybe we should make a Roto World beer. Uh, so who are we talking about? Yeah, Kadarius Tony. Uh, gonna be hard to rank, folks. Uh, Kyle, who are you having trouble ranking? Uh, Christian Watson, because obviously, what do you got? Four for one oh something and three touchdowns. That uh, the math as a math nerd seems a bit unsustainable, but he is so clearly their best receiver when he's healthy. Like I think Elmsard has sort of beaten my admittedly low expectations, but he's not a big chunk yardage guy. Like he's not a guy who can take over a game. He's been had a good connection with Rogers, especially in a scoring effect. But I think if they're going to get back to some semblance of having a ceiling as a passing game, this at least usage for Watson cannot be sort of an aberration. He has to be a more focal point of the offense. And we saw that last week. He ran, I think one fewer, two fewer routes than Alan Lazard and only missed two of the routes that Rodgers had dropbacks for. So it looks like it's a small sample, but it looks like he's clearly a starting receiver. He looks to be the most talented receiver. And maybe that's been one of the missing parts of Rodgers. Cause Rodgers still physically has it. It's just like mentally, he looked so checked out, not as much last week. So I don't want to get too bullish on a one game sample, but I do think there's a lot of ceiling to be had with Watson. Yeah, I think it's one we have to react to pretty strongly. And I mean, I've, where do I have him? Yeah, I've got him in the top 30 already, almost in the wide receiver two ranks. And it feels very, very mm. point chasey. But again, they're playing the Tennessee Titans, who just bleed passing production. We know they've wanted this role to happen all year. He's hinted at it several times, but then he either gets hurt or he commits a drop. He finally stayed on the field for an entire game. They finally stuck with him. There's some drops. They're like, yeah, I think he misjudged a different ball. Yeah, it was early like, in the game. I think he had a misjudge or a drop or something like that, sort of just a, a blunder on a play, and they stuck with him. 
I was talking with Denny on Monday's podcast. I won't rehash the whole thing, but I think in the past few weeks, you've just seen like an acceptance from Aaron Rodgers. Like, listen, like I might want better receivers, but this is who I have. And, like, you guys will have to do, I guess. And like, I'm just have to start cutting it loose deep because he's been cutting it loose more, I think, down the field to Samari Toure, uh, to Christian Watson. And it just seems like he he's come to terms with this is who he's got. And Christian Watson can be like a weapon in that role. So I, I am reacting big time with Christian Watson. And it could backfire hugely because he's like a Mark with almost Valdez. certainly yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. It almost yeah, certainly yeah. will. Well, you I got love the, the process though. We trust the process. We do. Even though it was, you know, four catches and three touchdowns, you gotta love the eight targets as well. Um yeah, Kyle, that's a good say, that is a good number. Yeah. Kyle saying that he's the most talented receiver, on the other hand, is a different thing. Uh Amari Rogers would like a word. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Amari Rogers was like a roster spot. Yeah. <laughs> the poor young man has been waived. Oh. Um, maybe he'll uh, he'll catch on with the Ravens. His father's the receiver's coach there. There you go. What a um, cut. But yeah, definitely got to love the target distribution. And like you said, Pat, they went back to him after the drops. Hell, he started his career dropping a long touchdown in week one. So, you know, <laughs> and again, it's a rookie receiver. He didn't come out like gangbusters in the first two weeks. So everybody kind of like, fell off a little bit but now they're getting what they drafted him for in the second round and you know obviously you know the three touchdowns that get you excited but uh just like Chase Claypool's four touchdown game got people excited but I'm a little more optimistic here in this situation uh with Aaron Rodgers that's what Aaron Rodgers needed to see he wanted to see that like damn somebody finally stepped up here so yeah, not mad at the 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 where you got him at thirty right now. Twenty seven. If he, hey, look, if he if he get a you know if he get one touchdown this next week, that you know that rectifies that. So we good. He's just he's in a really good like momentum spot where it, it, to beat the Titans you usually just have to throw a lot. You like as we saw Patrick Mahomes do two weeks ago, and we saw Russell Wilson attempt to do with forty two attempts. Yeah, only completed half of them. And they lost. And it was working the first half, though, or something. Man, I was saying about Russell Wilson before the show today, man. I just – I can't even believe this. Oh, I you think don't know where to rank him? I do. <laughs> no, I don't know where to rank him. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, like, one of the strangest stories of the past, like, 10 years, just from, like, a like a player falling off perspective. Because, like, when, when Peyton Manning fell off, you're like, well, yeah, he's, like, 30-some-odd years old. He's had neck and shoulder problems. Of course he fell off. But, like – Wilson felt like he was in his prime. We don't need that rehash this. I'm just, I'm not bitter. Don't put Pete, it in the newspaper. Pete, yeah. Pete Carroll being right all along is I pretty, know. pretty he was right all along. It's, it's, totally it's wild because you know, nobody think Pete, we, Pete Carroll, you getting old, man. Go on somewhere, <laughs> man. What you talking about? Turns out he was just still a brilliant football coach. He, Pete Carroll is sufferable. Pete Carroll is literally. It sounds ridiculous. He's one of the greatest football coaches in American history. Like he really is. He was fine in the NFL even before. I think he took the he took the Patriots to the playoffs. Took him to um, the Super Bowl. No, he didn't, no, that wasn't him. Actually, that was Mr. Bill Parcells. That was Bart Parcells, yeah. right? He didn't take right. him, to, but he took him to the playoffs. I mean, then one of the greatest college coaches of the 21st century. Pretty much instant success in Seattle. He yeah, he's kind of insufferable, as Kyle said, but he. 
He's one of the greatest football right. coaches in American history. I mean, yeah, we obviously came. The USC era was probably amongst the greatest eras. And so maybe we should have given him a little more credit. <laughs> of trying to like force him into the nursing home. <laughs> it's like what we we're trying to. Yeah, sure, Pete. Yeah, Russell Wilson's the problem. All right. Yeah. Yes, Grandpa. Uh, no one's going along with this. I'm just, I better end it. Um, I'm just upset, man. He was so <laughs> like I was so wrong. He was. Yeah, you know, I can't believe this guy who's, as you said, one of the best coaches in American football history was right compared to me, some nerd who likes red shoes. <laughs> I just can't believe it. It is shocking. And man, Russ, I don't know. I don't even know how I got started on Russell Wilson, by the way. But uh, I'm having trouble ranking Garrett Wilson this week, who is only in two games, but he's the wide receiver 11 by average points over the past three weeks. Uh, one of those big games was against the Patriots, six catches for 115 yards. The Jets were in point chase mode. Uh, amount of Zach Wilson volume in that game. The Jets just like never want to repeat usually. Now they're coming off by. I feel like we could see Elijah Moore re-involved in the offense. Like maybe like he's learned his lesson, quote unquote. I actually don't know Corey Davis's status. Uh, do you, Kyle? Day to day. Still day to day. He's got a chance to play, but I don't. We don't have like a strong update yet. So like, where in the world do we rank Garrett Wilson? Who I you know, I thought like was getting left behind. Um, cause the jets were doing everything they could to hide Zach Wilson, but they just had, have had no choice, but to get him more involved. And yeah, I just don't know where he's so talented with a bunch of really good games on, on the page. I just don't know where to put him. Where did, do you, are you guys have him in the top 24? I will put him Probably there close. Yeah. I have his wide receiver 21 right now, which okay. feels it's very preliminary. It feels high, but I have him as the wide receiver 21. I mean, the last game we saw him, he had like a 36% target share. It was against a great defense, and he still got home. He's clearly, I guess maybe if we get Corey Davis back, I actually would be a little concerned because Corey Davis was also having a strong season before he went down. So I'd be a little concerned with that. I'm not concerned with Elijah Moore. I will say this. Yeah, I'm not concerned about him either. Like, show me you wouldn't even put him on the field first. Yeah, they play Denzel Mims over him, and they hate Denzel Mims. Yeah. They're coming off by, though. I could feel like maybe it would be a time if you're going to get someone re-involved, it would be a good time to get Elijah Moore re-involved. They need Uh, him. uh, Garrett Wilson, so against the Buffalo Bills, eight catches for 92 yards. You're like, okay, that's an okay, that's a solid game. But the way he was after the catch, when he made some of those catches, they were timely and at a point where the team absolutely needed it. So, like, he that dude. So, to have him inside the top 24 is nothing. I don't care if Zach Wilson throw for 130 yards. Garrett <laughs> Wilson going to get 98 of them. Like, I, I, like, seeing how he was, like, almost, like, it was like, we don't know what to do. Throw the ball to Garrett Wilson, and he'd catch the ball, make a guy miss on a third and long, which we know the Jets with Zach Wilson right now having trouble converting, but he was making it happen after the catch. So I got I got faith in him to make things happen just by getting the ball in his hand. I will say I'll probably drop him out of the top 24 if Corey Davis plays, though. Um, he is truly day-to-day. It seems like he might play coming off the bye. Um, we shall see. I, I want I want Garrett Wilson to be in the top twenty four. I will tell you that Lawrence like badly want because he's a top twenty four level player. Like no questions. I mean, you, you got uh, who we got out this week? Tyreek Waddle, some uh, others. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Right, yeah. um, the Bucks guys coming back from Germany. 
Yeah, yeah, the Bucks guys are out. So those are all of the, all six of those is top twenty four dudes. Yeah, so there, there's that's man. I'm telling you, and Jamar Chase might not play. Yeah, um, another one. Cooper like, Cup out. Wide receiver, yeah, is is crazy this week. Uh, have you have you done your rank? Have you done your preliminary rankings yet, Kyle? Um, like it's crazy. No, I'll do them probably tonight or maybe tomorrow morning. It's yeah, we're, we're maybe hurting. I'll put it off though if it sounds like it's that bad. Yeah, yeah we're, we're hurting. No, <laughs> you, you don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah. We we are we are hurting. Lawrence, have you have you done you've done your prelim ranks, haven't you? Yeah. Who do you? I'm just gonna throw out a random number. Who do you have at wide receiver 14? Wide receiver 14. I that's have. Equinemius St. Brown. In fact, <laughs> I got Debo and Ayuk at 13 and 14 right I now. I have them very similar too. And like, yeah, I have 12 and 14 for them right now. Wow. Who, who's your wide receiver 17? 17. I'm changing this right now. It's <laughs> definitely not going to be Deontay Johnson. I'm well, I'm telling you, man. You I might put Gabe Davis right there. I I do have Gabe. I Gabe is my wide receiver 17. Sutton's my wide receiver 16. Uh, and which is because Judy probably Judy don't Judy play. Started. Yeah. So you kind of have to put Sutton back right there. Otherwise, Michael, we yeah. wouldn't. Michael Pittman, wide receiver 15. I mean, I'm just not liking any of this. I have Chris Olave in the top 12. I don't even really want to say Chris Olave is – I know last week didn't go well. I, again, I, I, things that don't make me upset are just jamming Chris Olave in every spot and getting burned for it. It didn't <laughs> bother me to ruin my Sunday. <laughs> Up until that point, he was – absolutely dominating that's not you don't have to feel bad about putting him top 12 he's a good top 12 well it's also because i think we're getting Jameis back folks i think it's happening um, he was still getting all the targets all the air yards with Jameis. like he's he can win with anyone he's he's so good he can but he's gonna get even more air yards with Jameis than he was yes. with Andy Dalton. so Jameis, uh please please play this week quarterback i don't know it was having trouble ranking everyone at quarterback as usual i'm having trouble ranking aaron Rodgers though so I don't know. We same conversation. We just had a Christian Watson, basically like how much should we react to Aaron Rodgers? I mean, definitely looking like the emphasis on like looking like prime MVP Aaron Rodgers again. It was his first three touchdown game all season. I mean, it was against an elite defense in the Cowboys, but he only completed 14 passes, but he'd kind of been bound for some touchdown regression. Now he's playing an awful Titans pass defense. Is he a QB one this week? Let's start with that. I had I, I'm I'm looking at my rankings now. I got him at QB eleven right now, right behind Justin Herbert and ahead of Daniel Jones. However, in uh, the way we talked about Christian Watson, we probably should have him there in that range. But the thing about this game, first off, it's a Thursday night game. Yeah. Secondly, that over under is only at forty. Ooh. Really? So how? So I, now, I believe that man. Yikes. Yeah, so I might have to dip that that's, down a little more. That's a good like, cut. It's like I do think it's really smart to use like Vegas lines, like the amount of money going into an NFL line. It's going to be efficient, especially yeah. by the time we get to Thursday. And it's telling you points aren't going to be scored. So yeah, oh, I, I feel attack, a little more shook. I, I that, go that for me. the defenses in those. If it's 40 and under, I'm going for both defenses, especially if the spread is within three and a half. I go for both defenses to start, but now seeing that, I don't know if I could put Aaron like they'll. I could see them getting the win and him having like a good. He'll have a good football day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it could be a good how good of a fantasy day it'll be unless they just smoke that over under, which 
the Titans just came out of a game. What was the 17 to 10? Yeah, which went uh, the I had like one of the lowest totals in the entire season. It did, and it went way under. Right, and then it it held true. So now we're getting them again. Um, So I don't know, man. Well, let's let's play the game. Aaron Rodgers versus the Tennessee Titans at home, or Kirk Cousins at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, give me Kirk. Give me Kirk with the chains on. Come on, man. Really. Oh, I, I never want Kirk Cousins to win an argument. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers, or if Jameis Winston plays against the Rams. No, not Jameis. Jimmy Garoppolo at the Cardinals, or Aaron Rodgers? Jimmy. Jimmy. Wait, I, I, I kind of like Jimmy. I, I, card. I like the matchup. I like Jimmy last week, but he didn't really like go off as much as I thought he could have. Yeah, it was an easy running matchup for them, so they took advantage of it. I'll take, I'll take Jimmy in that spot. That's a good one, though. That's tough. Aaron Rodgers um, or Dak Prescott against the Minnesota Vikings? Dak. I like Dak, too. I'll take Marcus Mariota over him, too, versus the Bears. Ooh, wow, man. This is getting bleak. I'm not doing Mariota. Yeah, I'm not do doing it. that. You do, Come on, do you, know how, <laughs> you know what his ranking is this season? I don't per game base, Don't say bases. it. It's going to upset me. Yeah, don't say it. I don't know it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like QB 20 Lawrence. <laughs> I actually just I looked it know. up. <laughs> he is like QB 20. Uh, Mariota. No, he, ask, that, no, he ain't that low. He, he, is, he is, folks. He is. What? He's actually QB 21, but that includes a few people that have only played like three or four games. He's like the QB 18 or 19 amongst players that have played. This guy like, stinks. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we can see that. Yeah. So we're going to use this one next. I want to talk about Daniel Jones. So Aaron Rodgers against the Tennessee Titans or Daniel Jones against the Detroit Lions. And if we like, Daniel Jones is a streamer this week. Oh, Danny, easy. Oh, we go with Danny. Man, on, Lions games are so good to play quarterbacks in. Yeah. Danny's like top five in quarterback rushing stats. Uh, like, yeah, g- give me give me dimes. Lawrence. That's why I, I was just talking about him uh Oh, oh, wait, Daniel Jones or who? Or or, or, or or a guy, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Well, I did have Daniel Jones one spot behind, but I'm flipping that after we talked about the game total there. So give me Daniel Jones. I, that's, it's a, but like, like Kyle said, it's the Lions. Nice little boom. I don't expect them to have 100 yards rushing and 200 yards passing like he did a couple weeks ago, but he could give me 50 yards rushing. Two total touchdowns. I'd be cool with that. I'd be. I think. I mean, I might shoot for the moon with Aaron Rodgers, because there's just no such thing as a spiked week with Daniel Jones. We're hoping for like a floor-based streaming that, effort. Yeah, for Daniel Jones. Yeah, I would say this though to your point, Pat, and, and I and I tweeted about this. The Packers are now four and six. The last time the Packers was four and six, they went to the NFC Championship. That was the next game they lost. Uh, and I noticed because it was the Falcons. So they were four and six a few years back in their next loss of the NFC Championship. So maybe you own something with Aaron Rodgers here. But Kyle claims that Mariota is the QB 11. Uh, That's what I – not, not by fantasy football today, which I have – fantasy football today. Maybe lying. As was the QB 21 by average points. But that includes Dak ahead of him, Jameis. Uh, Carson Wentz, Joe Flacco. So he's more like the QB 16 or 17, I guess. His was the QB 13 by total point. Are you sure you're not looking at total points, Kyle? 
Uh, well, if you reach out again, he's I have him at 15 yeah, in total he, points. He, yeah, he's I've, he's the total points QB 11, definitely. But yeah. there's still 15 in uh, points per game. And, uh, like, it makes sense. I mean, he's got 347 rushing yards, three scores. Like, I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's the <laughs> best quarterback. But, you know, uh, it's, it's the reason I like Danny Dimes. It's that he runs the ball a lot. And sometimes he scores touchdowns through the air. So... I I, I I do like Danny Dimes this week. Danny Dimes is going to have a fun game. Famous, famous, famous last words. Yeah, very famous. Tight end, I don't know. Do we even want to talk about these? I was going to talk about Tyler Higby. Like, I guess are we just jamming him into the top eight again since Cooper Cup's hurt, um, since he seems to have resumed being a targets monster. Yeah. Um, uh, it's pretty simple, actually. We, we should guess. probably talk about the Eagles tight end situation. Well, how hurt is Goddard? Goddard's like missing weeks. It's really? ended time. Yeah, we got it a little bit before we hopped on. I was going to say, I didn't see that in your game blurb, Kyle. Uh, well, we didn't find out till this morning. Yeah, that was today. We knew that today. Jack Starr. Hey, if you read the, the blurb, you saw he got hurt mid-game. You better believe that. <laughs> I actually didn't read the whole blurb. I know you didn't read the whole blurb. Uh, I didn't read the whole blurb. I was just scanning very quickly. You would have known about the face mask, too. I had yeah, that in there. Oh, man. I got exposed. Uh, is Cole Komet a tight end one? I don't know. I'm trying to force conversation. Here. Sure. Why not? Do whatever you want. Please don't make me talk about tight ends. Yeah, we'll go Cole Komet tight end one versus the Falcons. Why not? I was the tight end 12. I'll start any Bears against the Falcons except yeah. Chase Claypool. Yeah, man. Even Chase. This might be the week. He's just kind Maybe. of lulling everyone to sleep. Who knows? Definitely, words. definitely <laughs> starting Darnell Mooney. Justin Fields thrown at least two touchdowns in each of the past three games. So, yeah, I would say Cole Komet is uh, in, in that tight end one spot. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, and now you heard it here last because the show's over. Uh, what do we got coming, coming up on the site this week, guys? By the time you uh, see this, hear this, however you consume it, I will have 32 stats out. Lawrence and I will be on, I don't know, what Thursday. Oh, we just talked about the ugly Thursday. Every Thursday night game is ugly. We will be previewing that, betting, DFS, fantasy, Thursday at 7 on the YouTube channel. And uh, check out the Thursday preview pod with you and me, Pat. Yeah, Jeff Bezos just down so bad on these Thursday night football games. Uh, Lawrence, what do you have coming this week? Yeah, uh, so tomorrow, uh, week 11 flex finders. Some of the players I had in there last week, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mostert and Jeff Wilson and Gabe Davis, a guy that I never put in there. I put him in there this week and he scored that touchdown for us. Got us them 93 yards, baby. So look out for that on Wednesday. Look out for that. Look out for my ranks uh, early Thursday morning. And Kyle said, look out for our preview show. We're previewing the entire week 11 slate latest week. And just keep it locked to the site. A lot of news updates, a lot of great content um, for Lawrence, for Kyle. I'm Pat. We'll catch you later. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.